And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms of apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to this edition of Red Side of the Trend. Here to go through the heartbreak 1-0 defeat to Liverpool in the dying embers of the game with much controversy and upsetting feelings, as you may want to call it, uh, to get in, get their teeth into things are re-slaying Christian Brown and myself, Adam Wicklow. No Lee Clark, unfortunately, this morning. Guys, we're going to try and have a balanced view, but I doubt that will actually happen because I, I already know that Christian's head is still burning rage at Paul Tierney. Uh, Reeves probably a little bit more balanced and, and can, can offer some something uh, a bit more calm. Maybe, we'll see. But um, let's get right into it, Christian. Um, some team news first. There was four changes to the game from the game against Aston Villa where we lost four to. Um Amabamadile, Yates, Origi, and Harry Toffolo came in for Felipe, Niakate, Wanyi, and Danilo. What did you think of those changes? Were they good? Surprising? Um, and also noting that Ibrahim Sangare returned to the bench as well. Yeah, it was a boost to have Sangare back. Um <clears throat> like me and Reese were saying before the game, to be fair, like um that we probably would have started Origi and given Taiwo just because of how the United game went, how he looked like he was blind come the end of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, yeah, well, I think uh, <coughs> Christian's voice is still dying from the rage. <laughs> yeah, that's also partially true, partially, partially a bit of Weetabix as well. But um, no, um, yeah, I thought Origi starting was sensible. The only thing I didn't like about that was that as effective as he can be from the right wing, it means Alanga plays up front. And I feel that we lose a lot of Alanga's qualities from up front. In fact, as a result, I'd say he was the only one yesterday, I'd say, that probably performed less than a 7 out of 10. 
Um, just because I just, I just felt that he was the weakest player. We'll probably come on to that later at some point. I don't feel he's suited to being a striker. I feel he doesn't have the required composure to play as a centre-forwards. I get that in terms of stretching the lines and stuff like that, he can be useful. And as we saw with one of the big chances in the first half, that worked to great effect. But I much prefer him being down the right wing and being in those positions. And it makes no sense. I mean, Enrique can play as a striker anyway. So um, I found that a little odds. But otherwise, it's fairly content. Uh, obviously, bringing Andy O back next to Morello, it's a very quick pairing. I mean, they both played very well against Arsenal as well, which probably gave Nuno quite a lot of optimism that they can handle it against the elite clubs. Um, Toffolo coming back at left back again, good. You know, um, what's it? Round pegs and round holes. And yeah, it was Yates and Domingos, wasn't it, in midfield? Which, yeah, yeah um, a little apprehensive at first, but thankfully dispelled. Yeah. Um, first half, Reese kind of was a bit tetchy, to say the least. I think Liverpool had a half chance, which was blocked by Murillo. Um, and then Alanga had an unbelievable chance, though I think on a second look, VAR might have ruled that out. Well, how did you see the first half um, from your perspective? Um, I mean, the Alanga chance from Upper Bridge should win my season ticket is I thought he was offside personally. Um, but you still you got to stick that in the back of the net. Um, that's the fundamentals of it all. And then, you know, the VAR makes the decision. I know the assistant kept his flag down because he, he'd got away from Van Dyke. Probably the only time we got away from him yesterday. Um, you just stick that in the back of the net, don't you? It's um, yeah, it was wasn't the best finish. Um, and then the first half, yeah. To plan, really. I, di- I didn't think Liverpool causes any major problems. You know, the game was, I'd say, very workmanlike throughout, really. We gave us all and we pretty much limited Liverpool to not much at all. So I was pretty pleased with how it had, how it had gone first half yesterday, aside from, you know, the Alanga chance, if it had been onside, you know, it would have given us something to hold on to, really. Yeah, I mean... Christian, go back to yourself. Second half, there was plenty of incidents and and things to go through. Let's, I mean, Matt Sells hasn't had to make too many saves for Forest so far in his short-lived career, but um, Robertson had an absolute glorious opportunity through an error that Nico Dominguez made, and um, a combination of Sells and Amabamadile come to the rescue. I think. As that ball drops, Stanley Robinson, you probably think this is 1-0 and it's probably game over because to get back in against this Liverpool side who are defensively defensively probably one of the best sides in the league, you're probably thinking that's it's going to be tough to break them down, don't you think? Yeah, at that point, I was um, very grateful for Andio's leg to sort of poke it away. It was an awful pass from the Mingos. I don't know what he was doing. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it was one of those ways. It's, like you said, as soon as it fell to him, I was like, oh, that's it. Like, because obviously where I was sat yesterday, I was actually on Reese's row, funny enough. I'm normally quite higher up at Upper Bridgeford, but on the same row, so it's a little further along. And um, so I was like, literally, like, it, it, it pretty much in line with the corner flag. And it just looked like as soon as he came to him, it was like, that's going bottom corner. And even after he hit it, even after the deflection, I was like, that's still going bottom corner. <laughs> but <laughs> thankfully, it went out for a corner. Um, but no, that that was quite a fright. And um, it, it was, again, like, it's just annoying. Like, this is what we keep saying about Forest. It's, Whenever teams get chances, it's from errors of our own making. And I thought limits generally. I think Liverpool had two shots on target yesterday. You know, one of those was from a set piece, and one of those shouldn't have stood. Would been allowed to happen. So, well, so we'll come on to that in due course. But generally speaking, that means for the other ninety-six, seven minutes of play, we've actually limited them 
massively from open play. So we've, we're doing all the hard work. We just, again, it's just individual silly errors. I, I don't know what Dominguez is trying to do that. Just hook it away, smash it out for a throw in. Why are you like, it's just suicide playing a ball like that blind across your own box. It's just ridiculous. So, um, but thankfully, obviously, we didn't ruin it, but we really should have done. Really should have yeah. done. It was, um, and to be honest, I, I, we, we were saying as well, and I don't know if we'll come on to this or not, but like we've had what eight different centre back pairings this season across both managers, and you know, we still haven't found the settled partner for Morello. I'd be tempted to just give it to Morello and just let him I, go. I think we've, we've seen enough now of the games he's played that he's, he's worthy of getting a run. Like obviously they're both young. That's the only issue. They're both only 21, 22, aren't they? So they, they're likely to have experienced moments. But I've seen enough from them. They're going to be solid enough. They're, they're quick enough to deal with the Premier League. They're good with their feet. Like they're good in the air. More importantly, they headed everything clear yesterday, pretty much, apart from that one last final bit. So you know, I'm, I'm attempting to stick with that from the foreseeable, to be honest. Uh, there was something I was actually going to ask you at the top of the show when I said to you about Andy O coming back in. Do you think that is our best partnership? And I think from what you've just said, you'd probably say yes, I guess. I mean, it's the one that looks most settled. Like, I mean, obviously, Bolly's been in and out of the team. He's been obviously, but not, not for his own fault, obviously, going to AFCON and stuff like that. Nia Karte, I don't like the idea of having two left footed players in the same team. Like, it works sometimes, but other times, um, like recent mentions before as well, I think it was a Brighton game, especially. It just looked like every time it came to him on his right foot, it was just smacking it out of play, like, we hastily get away. So, I I quite like the left right balance. And I think that, you know, if we are to be a sustainable Premier League club for the future, that should be a backline for a, a couple of years at least. Obviously, it's going to be very difficult with Murillo, but um, I do think that is. That's yeah, I'd be very happy if that's our partnership going forward. Obviously, you have to accept they're likely to make mistakes because of their age, but I think for the, for the betterment and development of the football club, I think it's best to have those two in. They're, they're clearly up to it, and yeah, go for it. Clearly, benefit us as a football club. Yeah, uh, just going to address the comments. Uh, lots of angry people about Port Ernie this morning, but uh, good morning. 24 people have joined us on a Sunday morning at just after nine o'clock, so thank you very much. Um, Reese, we're going to get back on to Anthony Alanga, obviously, because he had the most glorious opportunity of the game for us in the first half and in the second, which come from a really, really good move, actually, down the left-hand side. And then he's got to hit the target for me. Yeah, very similar move to the one that he actually scored from at West Ham. Um, literally, you know, Toffolo's put it into a good area where you're literally coming onto the ball to sweep it into the corner. Um, yeah, he, he should score. He's got to at least hit the target. Um, and he's unlucky in the sense that the position he has put it, you know, if that is in the corner, I mean, Kelleher don't move, he doesn't move. And, it, and it's 1-0. And to, to be honest... You know, if we'd have got ahead yesterday, I generally think we would have won the game. I really do, because I thought Liverpool were pretty poor, to be honest. I know they've got players injured. We've all got players injured. But like Christian and you said, I thought we limited them pretty much to not much at all. Um, you know, the Robertson one. And then, you know, obviously you've got the goal. But I mean, even the, the incredible save what Sells made near the end was come off Murillo. So, yeah, it was... Um, we just overplayed at times in that final third. There were so many times when, you know, we didn't release it quick enough or we overplayed rather than getting a shot off um, so many times. And 
you know, we didn't te- we didn't test Kelleher enough. That was the disappointing thing because we got into some really good areas yesterday. Yeah, I think earlier Hudson Odoi put a shot in it, and unfortunately, I, I I understood what his idea was. He just didn't get quite enough power behind it to go near post. He's like, looks like he's opening to go to that far one and gone near. And, and Keller has read it really well, which is no no power. But there's so many opportunities on the edge of the yeah. box where, like you say, we're yeah. playing that just bobbling about, and you yeah, got couldn't, to... couldn't, couldn't gather the ball, could we? You know, like like there's a couple for what Morgan gives. Why I'd I'd like Morgan to pull the trigger a bit more, pull the trigger from the edge of the box because he's capable. He showed that against Man United, and the only <laughs> annoying thing from a sense for me was that Virgil Van Dijk was incredible yesterday. I thought the, his positioning every single time was in the right position when needed for them. And I mean, he was just looking at his other rest of his defenders and like, I'll just do it on my own kind of thing. <laughs> and you, you can, yeah, I thought I thought he was absolutely superb for them yesterday. Probably one of the best players I've seen at the City Ground since we've come up. And I don't say that lightly because I don't like Liverpool, as you know. So, yeah, the one way block gives White, we would, again, a brilliant move. And you're thinking, here we go. Guess who's there to block it? Him. One that um the actually the only incident that annoyed me, you're right about Van Dyke, he was incredible. And you're right, it was positioning masterclass basically. I don't think he actually made yeah. any tackles, he just happened to just be there. Yeah. What annoyed yeah. me though, there was it was there was like there was like there was three of them at one point. But yeah. the only thing that annoyed yeah. me, there was one moment where a one he has Hudson Adoy in space, it's just a two on one. Mm. And always yeah. just pop it in, pop it down the left, yeah. and then that's it. He's got he's got a shot away. That's what I mean and about the overplay and, and you yeah. know, yeah. You know, there was, there was quite a few times first half as well. Hudson Odoi could have put a langer down the channel when he held yeah. it. And then it was similar to the Villa game where, tight, as a striker, you're trying to break that line with your pace. And Forrest was just holding it that second longer. Mm. And then you go and then you're offside. You know, it's got to be that little bit quicker. I think the one for me is is actually, this is what leads up to the, the controversy is Hudson Odoi cuts back and gives it to Gibbs White to shoot. And I think if he gives it down to Danilo, I think it's an, an easier chance for us to score from. But anyway, they we get a corner. And this is where the controversy comes in because not only does Kanate fake a head injury, it's a potential potential penalty on Amabibadile. And then Paul Turney stops the ball when Callum Hudson-Odoi has got the ball outside of the penalty area. So I've actually got... Someone, someone has who has like had a lot of controversy, someone who, who does listen to the pod and is a, is a follower of ours on, on, our, on Twitter called Shibs. He got a lot of stick from a lot of Liverpool fans and other football fans because, and they've like cropped the rule out. But basically it says the procedure of a drop ball is the drop ball is dropped for the defending team, goalkeeper in their penalty area if, when play was stopped, the ball was in the penalty area or the last touch of the ball was in the penalty area. In all other cases, the referee drops the ball for the one player of the team that last touched the ball at the position where it last touched a player, an outside agent or as outlined in law. 9.1, a match official. And and then and that's pretty much it. So Callum hudson has the ball on the outside the edge of the box. He's getting fended away. But referee stops the game for a head injury. If one, Kanata should go off for a, for a head injury. If he's faking it, then that's that should surely be a yellow card of like you, you're basically conning the ref. Um, and then Liverpool get the ball, and and I know it's two minutes, but they coincidentally go up the other end, win a corner where I think Harry Toffolo maybe should force a throw in. But we defend the ball really, really well. And then Callum Hudson-Odoi, who, who's been blamed for not getting rid of the ball, is tackled by a one-year, in my opinion. He's, he looks like he's going to go back, go to the left-back position. Endo's following him there. 
Hudson had always got his arms in the air when Awunni tackles him. And then Awunni's half arsed attempt at blocking McAllister's cross. And credit to McAllister, it's a great ball in. And Darwin Nunes gets his head on it and, and, and guides it into the corner. And nine times out of ten, he either hits the post or it goes wide half the time with him because he's very hit and miss, Darwin Nunes. But it's an excellent header and it's game over. What can you do? Um, just wanted your thoughts on all of that. Uh, Christian, I'll start with yourself. Um, I've refused to watch match today back, so I haven't seen the <laughs> and the a penalty claim. Um, I did think it's, it was quite it, funny it, though that it, it could be it could be given either way because yeah. Dan's has a similar one, but it's, it would have been soft. I, I I thought it was soft at the time, but at the, a few few replays, but, I kind of think wait, I've seen him given. But Dan's one was right in front of me. To be fair, and I thought that was it was interesting watching Murillo immediately. Sorry, then no, sorry. Then they just got tangling straight away, and obviously Dan just dropped the floor. I thought there was nothing in that, but of course they gave that a bit of a check. It's quite funny to give ours a check, but of course, look who it benefits, and we can't be we can't have little forest ruining the uh, the Klopp farewell narrative, can we? So um, <laughs> then uh, the the incident with you know Canate. Okay, fine. If he wants to do that, fine. Uh, me and my mate were talking about this actually. We we're saying that there's um, there's so much. Yeah, I want, to, I want to make sure I get this right. It's so much sort of like exploitation you can get from this head injury rule. And, um, you know, it's there's just so often like, oh, you know, oh, he's got another head injury, therefore stop the play. And I don't know, obviously, um, you know, it could stop, could stop game at any point. So it's very open to exploitation. And of course, Canate does that. And, you know, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't had you know, the Liverpool-loving media go, how that's clever play to stop a forest attack yet, because that'll probably come in time. But it's it's just wrong. I mean, what happens is wrong. I mean, I know there's, there's um, Liverpool fans are sort of claiming that oh, you know, because you know they don't like anything you know going against them, do they? It has to be everything pro, pro, pro them. And if anyone has the audacity to suggest that they've somewhat been wronged in any capacity, then it's you know all hell breaks loose. I mean, look at what happened with Southampton, for example, when they tapped up Lallana, Van Dijk, and Lambert, and that was all great. But when City did it with Sterling, it was kick them out of the league and strip them all their titles and send them to. <laughs> the North Premier and you know how dare they do something to the great Liverpool. But um it's just it's just infuriating. Just infuriating beyond words because the one in the first half where Yates I think takes it to the head to the, and he goes down, the ball's still in our penalty box. So therefore by the law it has to go back to cells. So well, and, I don't know and, what can... and I believe Nico Williams heads the ball. So technically yeah, so he has a last touch of the he has a last touch of the ball anyway. So therefore like you know, the ball's the last touch in the penalty box. So the referee's actually the right thing by doing that, which just makes it more frustrating because he's done the right thing in the first half. Because I know, obviously, we were saying after the game that, oh, you know, it's happened, it happened to us in the first half. But when you look at it back, the ball's in our box. So by law, it should be our ball. So fine, it's a stupid rule, I agree. But and it's, it's very harsh on the attacking side, but that is a law. The second one, Hudson Adoy is a good 10, 50, or well, 10 yards outside the penalty box. So therefore, it has to be a forest drop ball. I don't know. Mm. This is this is what it just we're having the same conversations every week. It felt like it was Wolves at the start of the season who were getting shafted week in week out by ref, and now it's us. Like against Newcastle, we should have had a penalty. Against West Ham, we should have had a penalty. Thankfully, it didn't impact the result. The second, the goal United scored was highly controversial. Bear in mind, one very similar to it got disallowed literally a week before. Then we had that yesterday. Like, and then you wonder why Marinakis is chasing the referee down the tunnel, shouting every week, every week at him. And that'll be, I'm not exactly saying that's right, but there's no consequence for what Silly does. He'll get a Prem game next week. 
There'll be nothing. There'll be, he doesn't have to come out and explain his actions. He doesn't have to come out and say anything. He drives home, gets his 1,500 quid of a game, Premier League game um, package on top of his salary, goes home, puts his feet up, that's it. Whereas us, we've lost a point that, was, that would have been very valuable because of his incompetence. And like we're just meant to sit there and take it. I'm fed up of it. Like mm. that, that completely changes the game at that point. We've gone from an attacking situation where we might get a shot away, we might not. We might get a corner again, we might not. We might put a cross in that a Tyro sticks in the back of the net, we might not. We don't know. We've just gone from an attacking situation where we could get something out of the game. We might not, you never know. But the fact is that was taken away from us. And then we immediately have to go to the defensive situation. We've got players contesting. And then, lo and behold, from that kick, they get a corner and score. Like, And yes, it's poor from a one getting in the way of hudson Doy. I mean, from where I was, it looked like hudson Doy just didn't clear it. But mm. even then, by the time the corner's taken, by the time the full ball forest, sorry, falls to a forest player, that's 40 seconds over the eight minutes. Why hasn't he just blown then? Like, we're sort mm. of saying that, oh, yeah, we should do better afterwards. And yeah, maybe there is an element of truth in that. But I guarantee that's the other way around the Anfields and we need a goal. And they, we have a corner that's clear and it falls to Liverpool player Van Dyke, and it's still inside the penalty area. The referee blows full time. No one cares. That's it. Full time. We've got over now. 40 seconds. That was your last chance. Unlucky. But no, because yeah, it's Liverpool, we, we have to play on. We can't have the, you know, we must have the mentality monsters, Klopp's kids. So, all oh, this champion's mentality to dig so deep and stoppage time. I suppose it must be nice having refs as manufacture results we can play poorly. Like, it's, I'm, I'm sick of it. Like, this is, you know, I, I've, we keep saying, like, oh, you know, it's just incompetence, whatever else. The Premier League's the best league in the world, apparently. The best players, the best coaches can't afford the best referees somehow. And as a result, we get corruption like that. There's no other word for what happened. It is just corruption. I, I genuinely, yeah. I, I didn't want to say it. I firmly believe now there is genuinely an agenda to get Liverpool to win the league title. You saw what happened at Newcastle. We saw what happened yesterday. It will keep happening for the rest of the season for the Klopp farewell tour. There was two occasions yesterday where Klopp kicked off to the point that Tierney walked over to him. Didn't get booked once. Last week, was it against, uh, was it Liverpool, Newcastle or West Ham? Where the referee came over, you know, booked him first time for, for coming over. Where's the consistency? Oh, it's against Klopp and Liverpool. Forget it. I've had enough. Mm. Like, I'm just, I'm so done with it all now. Like, I'm just so, so done. Yeah. I mean, the two, the two bookings that we received for time waste, and I don't think equates to 40 seconds either. So that's, that's another kind of thing to add to the, that, to the that, wound. One of them is a misconception because it was a foul by Danilo, I, I think. Not, not time waste. I know it's a time waste. He, he, he kicked the ball, he kicks the ball okay. away. Fair enough. But it's still like not 20 seconds of worth of, of no. adding time, is it really? No. Unless that's like the punishment for kicking the ball away these days. Then you'd have like about 10 minutes added on nearly every week. Well, Reese, <laughs> have you got have you got anything to add to, to what? Yeah, what I mean, said? I mean, I mean, I'll start from the top. So the one in the first half, um, you know, there's a shot coming. It's hit Ryan Yates on the head. Obviously a powerful shot. We're in the day and age now where um, the concussion um, is high on the agenda, isn't it? Back in the day, you probably play on with that sort of players blocked it with his head. You know the balls with respect aren't, you know, bricks are in our days as well. <laughs> no, a bit floaty and, now. Yeah, and you know I think Nico Williams gets the first one, on, and I think then someone hooks it clear, right? So the problem for me is, I mean the laws now they're just too overcomplicated. We've hooked that clear, okay, and it's gone back to, and. Five seconds later, that had gone back to Liverpool and they got the ball back. If the referee says then, rolls it back to Nico and say, punt it into their half, give them the ball back, nobody in that ground moans at all. Nobody, right? 
their fans was moaning at the decision as well. I, I mean, I was surprised. I was kind of laughing because I thought, we've hooked it clear, Liverpool are going to get the ball back. Just give them the ball back on the halfway line. I think everyone would have been happy with that. And they, what, that's how it used to be back in the day, the traditionalists, and n- nobody would have known. And then, and then for ours... So, so, you know, for a start, there's been this misconception because Yates has put his foot high. He doesn't even touch Kunate. He collides with Kelleher. And then I think Kunate has a little look to see that we've kind of got the ball back and then goes down because he knows he's probably a bit dazed from the collision. That ball is going to, if it's a good ball from Hudson and Doyle, which is capable of putting in, that comes back in the area and he's a little bit tiny dazed and someone comes in and heads it in. You know, it's not not going to look good on him, is it? So he goes to the floor, right? Then the referee then, all he has to do, again, is say to, uh, I don't know who would have been there right back at the time, yeah, punt it back to them and give it back to him on the halfway line. Forrest were back in possession. And I think everyone would have accepted that. But yeah, he's give them the ball back. And that's took us from an attacking situation of having the ball to being back in a low block, pretty much, because Liverpool are going to come forward. Virgil van Dijk is going to have the ball on the halfway line and he's going to chip it up or ping it wide. And then, you know, obviously the winner corner, we pretty defended it pretty well. I mean, we've got the first contact. It's then come out to Harvey Elliott. And when he it literally, he's lining it up, you're thinking, if he hits this well, this is going straight in the top corner. We block that. And then it spins away. And then, like Christian said, you probably, you know what? If that's at Anfield, the whistle blows. But, you know, but then there's a bit of a mix-up. And then, to be fair, you've got to hand it to Liverpool and McAllister for nick- nicking it back. And then he, he's chipped the ball in. And all Nuno really, Nuno, all Nunes really has to do is just kind of brush it in, doesn't he? He doesn't really have to put any power in it. The, the, the trajectory of the ball's done that. And it's massively got them out of jail because they didn't deserve it. They really did not deserve it. But annoyingly, from their perspective, you'll say, well, that might be a title-winning team of going right to the death, whatever the controversy is of, you know, the referee, etc. But that that's for them to discuss. But, yeah, they didn't, des- they, they didn't deserve it. They really didn't deserve it. Um, and, that, and, that, and that's what's the cruel thing for us because we, I know we missed chances. I know we made the mistake at the end of not clearing the ball, but we limited them to so little yesterday and we, Every player on that pitch just gave their all for Forest yesterday, and it was just such a cruel way to lose. You generally felt like at the end you'd have rather have been done ten nil than been beat like that yesterday. That's how it felt. I mean, I dread to think what the scenes were like at the back of Lower Bridge. I walked the opposite way round yesterday. It was just, I just felt numb because I just, I've, I've not been. I can't remember the last time I've been so gutted about a game than that. It was. Um, yeah, pretty heartbreaking to be honest. Well, I think I it's, could take um, it if has Nunes on ninety seventh minute with ninety seven fifty nine mm-hmm. rattled it top corner the last kick of the game. I could have taken that. Uh, yeah, enough. It would have really, really hurt. I'd have been gutted when I was left the stadium. Yeah. I could have taken that because at least that would have been fair game. Like you know, you sort of go, you know what? Fine, their quality shows it happens. To have it taken away from us like that by a bent ref, I just, I just, I just can't sit with that at all. You know, I just what, cannot, what, cannot do what it. I, what I could have took as well is if they'd have dominated the game and battered us and we was holding on. Yeah, we, what, all that. Ne- yeah. There, was, there was never a point where I think, Jesus, we're really holding on here. Never. No, but, at no point. 
Like they're not sitting yeah. around very well in Liverpool, but they had no mm. way through. They just couldn't get past no. everything they tried. I mean, like, I mean, who, I mean, they must have hit the side netting several times with it. Yeah, when they got into, but they didn't really have like anything down the centre of the goal. Really, you'd say it was no. kind of down the channels. Wanted a couple of efforts <clears> into the side netting, and like I said earlier, the header. What Sel said actually come off Murillo's back. It looked like, which was an incredible mm. save. And yeah, it's just such a shame because we really didn't deserve that yesterday. And you look at the results round as I mean. I fully expected Everton to win yesterday. They'd lost at home to West Ham, which was a stink of a result, really, especially after going ahead. You know, Luton were 2-2 with a few minutes to go, fought back really well, to be fair to them, and then lost the game. You know, Brentford were ahead against Chelsea, who, you know, have been called billion-pound bottle jobs this week, and Chelsea fought back for a point. So a point yesterday would have been, on the grand scheme of things, and the opposition were playing, you look at, before the game would have been an absolute massive point and a massive bonus for us. And unfortunately, it's um, the referee and also our just bleeding confidence of just oofing that ball and hitting the the civic centres at used to be is um, cost us, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a bit of disgruntlement in the comments because someone called... <laughs> Phil is is slagging us off to the high heavens that we've 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 played against against the team of kids. I mean, they had one lad who's made his debut in Bobby Clark, who was pretty good last week in the cut I mean, in the League Cup final against Chelsea, and Connor Bradley, okay. who's played right back for Liverpool for well, the, the past the, like six to eight weeks, and everyone I mean, else is back, like million dollar well, million. Their back, back four is I know Trent's missing, but apart from that, it's full strength. I mean, Connor Bradley's been absolutely brilliant when I've watched him a few times. Um. You know, Harvey Elliott has been calls from their fans saying he should be in around an England squad. So he's pretty experienced now. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I know Bobby Clark's quite young, isn't he? But Gakpo's a Dutch international. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Red Lewis, Lewis Diaz, Diaz, Colombian international. These are, you know, they've, they've got plenty because they've got a couple of kids in there. They've got plenty of experience still, and Liverpool would have still fully expected to come to us yesterday and beat us. Yeah, of course they would. And they also, with a, you know, with an hour gone, they brought on Sabozlai, they paid, what was it, 50, 60 million for Hungarian international, really good player, and also the goal scorer, another international, Uruguayan international in Darwin Nunes, paid, yeah, what, they paid 80 million for him, <laughs> something like that, so, you know, this is, they've still got plenty to, yeah, I know the media yeah. try to make it, make out, they don't spend anything, but it's just... I think what Not kills me more is 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 the is the for, is the the Nottingham-based Liverpool fans who have never been to Anfield. After <laughs> I mean, my my mate who's a Liverpool fan, he, he has been to Anfield to be fair to it, but he's like text me with the little eye emoji. He's not even bleeding watch the game the knobhead. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what that's what that's what's annoying me. But anyway, we're gonna get to we're gonna yeah, get, we're gonna move we're gonna move on. We're gonna get into some steps on it for before, before some player performances. Red side of the Trent. <laughs> Slept on it, thoughts. I do think there might be a running theme throughout this slept on it thoughts. Um, so I'll try and read as many as we can. So Rob Waite, awful officiating, woeful finishing and defensive mistakes. I mean, one defensive mistake. And I, don't, I wouldn't even call it a defensive mistake. Before. Groundhog Day, feels like writing's on the wall. Um Richie Rich, uh, if only Ilanga could score. Nick Kempel, Porter, and he was player of the match and changed the game. Awful ref. Yummy Bear, 
hard uh, had time to digest. Today is the day I am resigned to the fact we are going down. Constant errors, constant as what week in, week out. Points deduction incoming have to play all the sides around us, yes, but four of them are away and we have won four away games in essentially two seasons. Frank the Tank mistake at the back again, tried to pass it out instead of booting it clear, uh, ending the game. Game management from Forest players is piss poor. Uh, Daniel Bird, uh, Callum was always too naive at the end and should have put his laces through the ball into Rosette. Decent performance, as we said. I think watching a replay, it's, it's not quite quite his fault, really. Uh, Sam, uh, Paul Turney, man of the match. Absolutely ridiculous decision. May as well have um, put it in the net himself. Wouldn't have happened if Alanga or even uh, anyone uh, else would just shoot. Two really good chances wasted. Last count of how many amount of times we tried to pass the ball. Uh, instead of shooting, um, keeping us in function, uh, can Nuno's anger act as a catalyst for improved displays? Even Colin Frey got burned. Good effort undermined by basics again. Alanga should should have had two. Taiwo should have squared to uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi. One of the one of them should clear the ball into Rose Ed. We control the controllables. Uh, did Mister Marinakis get a red? Uh, snowboard P. Uh, Furious have lost, especially when we were the better when we were better, in my opinion. But it's on Erz, missed chances in front of goal and not even getting it on target. Was it a head injury? Uh, yes, from replay. Possession after, I don't know, but we got some uh, similar earlier. We've, we've also addressed that um, that ruling as well. Carl Booth, everyone will point to Turney not knowing the rules of the game. He's refereeing, but at the end of the day, Alanga needs to finish that chance and we need to clear our lines. Less than 20 seconds to go has to be Rose Ed shooting ourselves in the foot again. Uh, Martin Fretwell, big six corruption has ruined a great display from us. Uh, Paul Walker, we are going down no matter how good we are. Josh Potts, uh, ref has um, crapped the bed again. When are things going to even out for us? Fed up of referees being the big talking point at full time. Deserved a point. I agree, but I'm sick of talking about referees too. I'm sure everyone else is. Uh, Osh Jones, hard to take any positives when you've left that taste in your mouth at the end. Seething with the ref for not knowing the laws, but also at our decision making. Ty refusing to square to come onto the door. Tyro refusing to clear at the end. Uh, so frustrating. Uh, last but no means least. So we've got so, so many. Uh, Malcolm Heron uh, defended and did the dirty work brilliantly for 98 minutes. Decision making, finishing in the final third was dire. Something we've been good at recently. Silly error at the end, which has cost us points, unfortunately. Promising performance and gutting at the same. It's a real shame that Paul Turney didn't take a leaf out of the book of the referee who ref. Real Madrid yesterday when the ball got crossed into the box, he blew the whistle and put Jude Bellingham's end of the ball in the net. Because I feel I mean, ridiculous as well. Just go, just just going back to our incident as w- once the corner's been cleared and Harvey Elliott's had the shot, I feel like that's two chances that Liverpool have had and the, the whistle should have gone then. But let, let's let's move on to some player performances. Christian, I'm going to start with yourself and I'm going to go with Ryan Yates, who I have a polarizing opinion of from week to week and. This week, it's been, again, in a positive light because I thought he was largely very, very good. Well, he ain't start standing yesterday. There's no way around it. I mean, like, he was um, he was man of the match in the ground and I don't think anyone could dispute it, really. Um, the issue with him, it's just so frustrating, is that there's such a lack of consistency. I mean, like, he'll play like that where he looks like, you know, I have to try to think of some defensive mastermind for many, many years gone by or whatever else. But he was everywhere. Oh, he, yeah, <laughs> I, he disrupted everything. Like he, he just, he just couldn't find a way to deal with him. There's one point where he held two Liverpool players off and won a throw in. Like he just looked so good yesterday, Yates. And you know, like, he was really up for it. Like 
There was a time around the hour mark I was a little bit worried about our midfield maybe getting a bit too tired, but he just seemed to find a second wind out of nowhere and, you know, just kept getting stuck in, kept winning the ball, kept doing the simple thing. I still want you know, to do the simple thing, just find a, like, I know it sounds horrible, like, but, there was um you can we say said it with John Mc, Brian Clough said about John McGovern as well. Just give the ball to someone who can play. Like don't worry about it yourself. And like obviously that was very derogatory to John McGovern, a European Cup winning captain. But it's very similar with Yates. Just pass it. That's all he has to do. Just simple ball. Just give it a five yard pass to someone else. Just keep things ticking along, and then just go back to doing what you do well. Don't worry about what you can't do well. Just give it to someone who can. So and he did that yesterday perfectly. As soon as he got it, it was very quick to release it to someone else. Keep things ticking along. Keep things moving. And yeah, he was great in the air. He was great everywhere. He embodied what it should mean to be a Nottingham Forest captain yesterday, Ryan Yates. And you know, he actually give sports a great sense of pride. Um, he didn't deserve the losing side. Put it that way. Mm, definitely. Um, Reese, uh, your first one is going to be Andrew Amabamadile, who who's been in and out. I think he was pretty good yesterday. Yeah, I think I think we said at the time he was very harsh to. Um lose his place. I think he lost it to Nia Kate originally, didn't he? Um, I might yeah. be wrong on that. Um, but um, now nah, I thought him and Murillo, the first little partnership they had when people was at AFCON and Felipe was injured, was very good. Um, he's then obviously, like Christian said here, Nia Kate has been tried. I mean, we all like Felipe, but it's obviously kind of fitness issue, isn't it, with him? You know, I wouldn't expect him to be playing, you know, two or three games in a week. So, I'm about it. Delhi got his chance just then. I, th- I thought it was excellent. I'd, I absolutely, I thought it was absolutely excellent. Um, and him and Murillo as a two, I think long term, if you, this is the level we're going to be at, it's probably the partnership we're going to going to go for. Really, um, you know, as much as I like near Kate, Bolly's also a steady head, and you know, we also like Felipe, but it's just. That consistent element, you know, that I think they've probably shown as appearing the most consistent consistency. Really, I mean, I mean, I'm not sure if um, when you did your little bit of research, Christian, if, have they been the two who's been together the most? I'm a Badadelli and Murillo, or um, they were not. Cool. It was uh, it was um, Murillo and I think Niacarte had the mm, most. Yeah, yeah, but ever. I mean. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he was excellent yesterday, and again, he was another one who didn't deserve to be on the losing side. I mean, uh, you yeah. know, like you like Christian said, he he put some really good blocks in. He was good in the air. He, he's he's good on the floor. He, yeah, he was excellent. And so that was the, that was the fourth shame. time. Yeah, that was the fourth time they played together. I, really remember, I, I thought you were more league, than that. I'm surprised by that. In the league, so, it's obviously I think they mm. played together at Blackpool in they together. So um, and, that's and from Bristol yeah. City. Yeah, 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 but in the league, yeah. so that's the fourth time in the league. Um, so yeah, just f- for context for the other ones, so that uh, McKenna, Warren, Warrell, and Bolly had four games together. McKenna and Warrell was a pairing, had one against Burnley, which we won all. Uh, Nia Carte, Bolly, and Aurier had one together, that was at City. Uh, Murillo and Bolly have had five games together. Murillo, Nia Carte, and Bolly have had three games together as a three. Nia Carte, Murillo had six together. Murillo and Felipe have had three. It's all league, by the way, obviously, they played together in the Cup too against United. Uh, Murillo on Omabandele have now had four. So, but it's really worrying when you've named that many combinations. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think I think we kind of we need some consistency there, really, because you know that's something that's been a concern all season. You know, be part of the reason why we've been 
defensively, you know, making so many mistakes because that's it. you're changing yeah. the and the goalkeeper as well. You know, how many times have we changed the goalkeeper this season? You know, turn yeah. the start of the season, Vlakadimos come in, turn the come back in, and ourselves is in. It's crazy how many changes we've made. And, and I know they mostly individual errors, but that isn't going to help when you're you know, you're changing that defence and goalkeeper all the time. So you need a settled spot in your team, yeah, really. You like. I mean, it. I mean, I'm a Vanadelli, not really done anything wrong before, so I'd, he hadn't done yesterday. So let him keep the shirt for me. Um, you know, it's it's his Amarillo's to lose now for me. But we'll see. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah. Um, someone who has been a consistent feature of, re- of recent weeks in the back four is Nico Williams, Christian. And I thought against Luis Diaz, I thought he, he matched him for stride for stride in, in a lot of areas. I mean, Luis Diaz is, is a very, very good winger as well. What did you I thought that was um we've we're finally starting to see um Nico Williams actually resemble a Premier League footballer, which you know I think there's it's still a long way to go before he justifies his price tag. But I mean the contrast between this and last season, like this time last season he'd have been out of place in a League Two pitch for all, all the wrong reasons. You know, like the way he was playing for Forest was just abysmal. But well, for whatever reason, since he's come in, he just looks very, very good in, in a four as well, which is one of the reasons why Marco Silva didn't sign him at Fulham. He couldn't be trusted in the back four. But he, he was brilliant yesterday, Williams. Absolutely brilliant. Like He was tenacious. He was winning his tackles. He was winning his duels. He was positioning himself well. He was decent in the air. He was strong on the ball. He was finding feet well. Even on the pressure when he was receiving it, he was dealing with it well. He wasn't rushing or panicking. He was just finding a red shirt or finding a way to wriggle out of the situation. Williams was very, very good yesterday. And, you know, from me, that's some quite high praise. But, um, yeah, I was very impressed. Uh, at the minute, the shirt's his. I don't see, even when Montiel comes back, I don't see him taking it. Even when Ina comes back, I don't see him taking it. I think that he's, if you're looking at cemented positions in a team at the minute, you'd probably say he's one of them mm. for now. I mean, I think if Ina comes back, I think left-back is definitely a spot where, unfortunately, Harry Toffolo looks a little out of depth. I, I felt, um, to be fair, Toffolo, second half, I say, was very good. Yeah. Um, I th- even first half I didn't think it was that bad. I know recently you weren't entirely sold, but um, I thought just that thought he looked a little bit rusty first half. Which yeah, is, maybe. Mm. I get understandable because you know he, he's he's not played much as a recent. Yeah, really. but he's he was generally all right. I felt I felt that um, you know that entire back four were all seven out of ten minimum yesterday. Um, I, I'd only wrote three players down because I thought Lee would join us until this morning, and then. Um, so Phil in the comments has been very critical of Nuno, um, and a lot of people defending him, defending Nuno in that. I mean, he, he said we've won one in 12. I'm not sure if that's correct or anything, but Reese, I'm going to give you Nuno Espirito Santo, and I just want your thoughts on general what, what you think you've, you've made of him in, in his spell because I feel like 
we we're we're so close to getting this right. Yesterday we we were close to getting three or at least one point, and I think in a in a mo- in majority of games we've we've been in in every contest really. Um, what have you made of him so far, and what did you think of him yesterday, especially if if anything? Um, I mean. When he, when he come in, I expected us to be more defensive than what we've been, to be honest. Um, aside from the Arsenal game, you'd say, the first hour, which, to be fair, the game plan from his sense probably would have worked if it weren't for, you know, Matt Turner. Um, I think he's, it's a tough one because it's a results-based business, isn't it? And it, it, you don't get any points for playing well. Or like yesterday, you don't get any points for sheer effort and determination or deserving a point. At the end of the day, the facts are yesterday, whether by hook or crook, we've got zero points on the board. Um, I mean, any point really yesterday, I think most would have said would have been a bonus, but we, we fully deserved it on the day. Um, it's a tough one. And I, I mean, I, I'm fully behind him because I've seen enough. I think attacking wise, I know his shooting boots were, you know, poor yesterday, but again, we created a load of chances against this is the best side in the league at the minute. That's, Let's have it right at the top of the league. We created numerous chances, some really good chances. Um, and then defensively, it's just the errors. And, you know, you, I mean, did I think Nuno must have had an afro when he joined us because he must have pulled <laughs> his hair out that much with some of the errors we've, um, we've conceded goals with. Because, you know, on the majority, like yesterday, we defended, you know, for the majority of the game, I say pretty well. And then what do we, and it's just silly errors that are, that cost us. And at this level, you get punished, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's a tough one because, you know, it's, it's a results-based business. But I don't see a team that isn't playing for the manager at all. You know, you saw that yesterday. I thought, I thought they left everything out on the pitch yesterday. And you look at, like, last week where we were absolutely dreadful for 40-odd minutes. I don't like saying this, but under Steve Cooper, I would have worried last week even more because I think we'd have probably just gone completely under and got absolutely mm. done. And we actually showed a bit of tenacity and got back into the game. Fair enough, we shot ourselves in the foot again, but we actually showed some tenacity to get back in the game. Um, you know, there's always going to be the odd comparisons into Steve on social media. I mean, I seen one tweet yesterday saying, you know, where are the Cooper at brigade? I, I find that a bit strange, but. Um, yeah, you know, uh, the, the proof will be in the pudding. If he keeps us up, then he's been a success. If he doesn't, then he's been a failure. Um, yeah, but, I mean, well, that, I'm gonna that, give... that's what it will be, won't it? Because, you know, unless we get an absolute moment, monumental points deduction, if we get, say, I don't know, a win's worth of points chalked off and we don't stay up, then we've only got ourselves to blame, in my opinion. So, we'll, at the end of the season, we'll see. But, yeah, I don't... No, I'm I'm fully behind him. I'm seeing enough. I'm seeing it enough in the performances to convince me. But it's just about taking the chance at the right moment. Having that, I just lacking that little bit of belief yesterday. I think that's what probably thinking. Oh, this is Liverpool. We needed needed to put them to the put them to the sword yesterday because there's so many times. And then as well, like we said, that lack of concentration is killing us. But yeah, I, I think. I mean. <laughs> You know, we, 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 I know I'm not going to rabbit on because this is the last, but we won away at Newcastle, which we didn't expect. We beat Manchester United at home. You know, last season we didn't even lay a glove on Man United. You know, and and then or we beat Newcastle. West Ham. <laughs> yeah, and, and then and then West Ham's a game we ex- 
I think a lot of us expected to win, but it would have been very forest to not win. And we, we were very convincing in that game. So it's just the frustrations. And like, like the Brentford game was the one where I thought first 15 minutes, we were absolutely superb in that game. And then what do we do? We shoot ourselves in the foot and the game changes. So, you know, it's, um, we'll see. You know, the proof yeah. will be in the pudding at the end of the season. But I, I mean, I'm fully behind the bloke, to be honest. And we've got to get yeah. behind and we've got to be all in this together, to, to be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, think it's Go on, we've got 11 games left and I think eight of them are... Uh, well, at the end of the day, we're at the FA Cup now, but there are 11 Cup finals. That's what they've got to be treated as. You know, I mean, I said last week that the Brighton away game is probably a game you looked at and think it'd be a bonus to go there. But that game is sandwiched between two big, I mean, biggest games in their history, um, let's be yeah. honest, against Roma, who are really on form at the minute as well. So they'll have, I think, some focus on them. They've also got, obviously... Um, Matoma's now out for the rest of the season. They've been beaten yesterday. So that's a game where maybe we can go and look at and like we did last season, you know, nick a point or something or even nick three. You never know. So, yeah, we'll well, start. There's only, been, there's only been one instance as well where we've lost a game by more than one goal on the Luno so far. Mm. And that was against Villa. So, you know, it's not like we're getting... And we're getting shafted by referees every week. So, you know, yeah. I don't know either. And shafted by ourselves. But yeah, we'll, 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 we'll... chances as well. We'll move on just just because we're getting nearer to the hour mark. So uh, we'll just brush on the Manchester United game. Uh, we're out of the FA Cup due, due to a late goal from uh, Casemiro, a, a another set piece goal let in, which I thought was harsh. Um, a, a game where we just really couldn't take our chances. I mean, I think we we had so many shots on target; they're just all going down the throat of Anana. And another day, we we could have won. But I thought actually from took it from a neutral's perspective. It was a really, really good cup game, to be fair. It was so um, throwing two between both sides. I thought... I thought, for, I thought it was cup... terrible, mate, to be honest. Yeah, I thought it was really yeah, I good. I just thought it was two sides who were absolutely extremely wasteful. I mean, there was points, I said this to you guys in chat, there was points where I thought United's performance was a disgrace if I, if I was it, one of their fans. Their yeah, work rate... And just seeing players just literally walking about like Rashford and then next day releasing videos, whinging, you know, <laughs> realise a club who you're playing for, it should be an honour to play for a club of that size, especially being a Mancunian and just literally not even jogging. Yeah, well, so, I mean, yeah, w- yeah, wasteful, but at least there was chances. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, Fair there's enough. been games where there's no chances. So that's what I was thinking. I just thought it was a good good game in, in that aspect, but unfortunate to go out how we did. Um just yeah, annoying, but but kind of like do do you are you guys? I know you're not. I know Reese, you really really like the FA Cup, and you're probably not happy to go out. But in the grand scheme of things, like you said, we've got eleven cup finals left now. Is it kind of better that we've got the league just to focus on now, or or would you have rather have stayed in and had the chance to go to yeah, Wembley? You, maybe would have like, played you, Liverpool. Would have played Liverpool. Yeah, again. I, I mean, I mean that that kind of took some thin away really the draw coming out before the game you know Emma was like oh guess who we've got and it's like oh it's going to be Liverpool and you're like bloody hell that's a really tough tie you know um so I think I'd have probably been a bit more good to say for let's say for the drawn championship Coventry at home for you know for an example I mean god geez I mean if it if we'd have got through and it'd been Liverpool at home I'd dread to think what the atmosphere would have been light. It would have been very top. It would have been very um, interested after yesterday's events. But um, now I do like the FA Cup, but also you know the, the concentration um, being on the league. 
yeah, you'd probably have to say it's, it's lesser of two evils. Into I mean, I, I was a bit dis- that is one gripe I kind of had with Nuna. I, I did think he ran a few plays into the ground overnight, whereas like we probably needed Tyra to start yesterday. Whereas you know he probably for me could have played a Riga the other night off the top and given Gio Reyna a chance, who's not you know he got what two minutes. I mean that's a bit of a waste. So that was my only gripe really. And we ended up, you know, with like Christian said earlier, really with a winger up top yesterday and a, I don't know, a striker out wide. So yeah, it was a shame really. Um, it just go out so late as well, I guess. But um, yeah, it was a game. It was just a game of missed chances and it was two poor sides in front of goal on the night. And, you know, obviously Casemiro nicked in there with a header. So yeah, a, a shame, but the bigger picture is the Premier League. We just need to get points on the board, don't we? So, end of the day, like I said to a friend on um, when I played Paul on Thursday night, no one will remember that Manchester United Cup tie if we stay up at the end of the season. So, yeah. that's, I think, a fair synopsis on it. Christian, anything to add? Yeah, I was a bit got to be lost. I felt that, um, you know, I, I obviously love the Cups. I think that you should be trying or aspiring to. Like go as far as you can. It's the whole point of football to try and win things. Ultimately, in the, the day, um, yeah, a little annoying to go out the way we did. Uh, much like you said, it was just like it, it felt like for both teams. Really, most of the finishing was just straight in the keeper. It was like just like a magnet in the middle of the goal, and the ball was just going straight there every time. Um, the manner in which we considered was very annoying. I thought it was a very preventable free kick. Um, yeah, it's. One of those, uh, a rare instance where I can't really fault Turner too much. I, I thought on first viewing it was entirely his fault, which went straight through him. But obviously on the replay, you can see he takes a little glance and puts, um, takes it past him. But he shouldn't have won the header to begin with. So um, I guess the only positive of them scoring that is it saves us extra time. We've even more leggy for yesterday. But um, yeah, a little annoying we haven't gone through. But it's just what I, like, like Reese said, so the, the focus now should be surviving the Premier League. Um, 11 more games to go. Yeah. Um, before we get into Brighton, there is obviously the news about the city ground as well. And I mean, we're, pro- we're probably going to go over the hour mark in this one because I'm sure we- we- we've all got uh, an opinion on this. But it's come out and uh, there's been talk where um, uh, Tom Cartledge has basically said, and I think some other people involved at Forest, where they're saying, well, we're going to have to now start thinking of the, po- the actual possibility of, of moving grounds and-, and maybe building a new ground somewhere else because of the issue with the council of of trying to renegotiate the lease, even though we were supposed to have signed like a 50-year one or whatever it was not too long ago. Um, they want like quadruple the money, even though they're bankrupt, which I, I find absolutely perplexing because you're, you're trying to basically charge your only asset that's bringing you money into, into your local uh, establishment and how many other businesses are thriving that are in around the city ground. I mean, that, that Bridgeford Chippy shop must be millionaires. Um, on, on on Radcliffe Road. So, you know, um, I would be absolutely gutted if that was the case. I do think the letter that, I think it's at Lee Anderson or whatever, the MPs wrote. Yeah, a few MPs. A few of the MPs. I think, I think that is a, it's, it's one to really kick up the backside, in my opinion. I, I can't imagine as wanting to move, especially because of how long we've been there for one and how much it means to people. Reese, what's your opinion on it first of all just a negotiation tactic mate really this is you know 
I don't want to sound mean to some fans, but you sometimes after you read stuff, think of some fans never like done a negotiation in their life because it's just a negotiation tactic, a bit of PR. People kick up a force and it basically gives a, you know, the council size 12 up the backside to get things in motion, um, as it did with, I think it was eight MPs signing a letter. I mean, that's just for political gain anyway, um, but we're not going to go into that discussion. But no, I think, I think I'd be amazed and I'd, I'd, I'd be willing to wager anybody that would move away because you've got to think as well, there's a couple of reasons for this. And that's, well, there's a few. I mean, people saying there's not really the land for us to build a new stadium. And then you also look at his identity as a club, you know, the badge, the tree on the river, <laughs> and then we're going to and possibly move to an industrial estate somewhere where, yeah, there might be a stream. I don't know. Yeah. We'll make it's one. Some, yeah, <laughs> some grass somewhere. Um, and then obviously, you know, like the, obviously the pre-match song, you know, the miss rolling in, etc. I'd be amazed if that was to happen. And and also what people don't see as well is Forest being a big entity and a big business in that area, look at the trade that brings in so many businesses. Like you just mentioned, Adam, the chippy. You know, we all, I mean, me, Emma, and some of my mates love the, um, the cob shop just up the road from the club shop. And there's so many others, you know, little businesses who, to be honest, will, will probably you know, rely on match day trade to be successful. So Absolutely. are they really going to, you know, punish that? It just isn't going to happen. I'd be amazed. And yeah, you know, like, like, like I said, just what it is in the business world is, you know, there's so many small businesses what are propped up by other businesses and just look at it would kind of decimate that area, wouldn't it? Because there'd just been no, you know, like the cobs, like the cobs. I'm going to use this as an example. I don't think that even opens in the week. And look at how many they they only have to work on a match day to make their business successful, because I see the amount of people going there. And and if Forest obviously was to move them type of businesses, they'd just they'd just be worthless. So yeah, it, it ain't going to happen for me. It's just a bit of PR. It will get things in motion. It will get a negotiation going. And I'd imagine it will get the council to lower their estimate on the lease. You know, I think Forest pay a quarter of a million at the minute. Um, the council want a million, I think it was, I believe. You know, yeah. there's, probably, there's probably a deal done somewhere in the middle, you know, 600K, something like that. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah, definitely. I mean, whenever I've spoke to away supporters and stuff on the way to the ground, they always say like how much they love coming to Forest because of where it's situated and, and everything else. And Christian, as someone that's like not a a Nottingham born and bred fan, but you, you've got Nottingham in your heart essentially because of your dad. When you like walk over Trent Bridge and all that sort of thing, and for someone that's not from Nottingham originally, like for, for that iconic ground to kind of maybe be the thing that helps you fall in love with the club, it would be absolutely devastating for that to change, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, it'd be you know, travesty. Um, yeah, but yeah, if, if I mean, we had to have a talk about it on the way up, and he was sort of saying, like, you know, that probably be the thing that sort of does it for him, if you like, he wouldn't really. Obviously, still have Forest to still be his team and stuff, but it's such a huge part of our soul, like the city grounds. The fact it's even got to this point is a joke. Um, the fact that it's, you know, the the council, I don't know what they're doing. It's been five years now since we made that planning permission. Like, how have they just been able to just push the ball along for five years? Like, 
it's just absolutely insane. And, um, you know, you, you get, like we said, like, it's just so much. Like, bring, Forest, like, whether people like it or not, and whether Notts County fans want to kick off or not, Nottingham Forest is one of the biggest, like, sources of revenue for the city of Nottingham. Because hotels, like, trades on the match day, you know, like, travel, et cetera, et cetera, all these small things people don't even think about. Like, you know, parking, for, for example, on a match day, like how much they get from that. Like, it's all, like, pub revenue on a match day. All these sorts of things. Even if Forest aren't playing pub on a on match day, because if they can show the game, they'll show it, for example. If you're on um, TNT or Sky, for example. Like, all these things add up because Nottingham Forest are a Premier League football club. I mean, you look at what they're doing for the community, like all the small pictures and stuff like that. You know, there's so much that Forest gives back to the city of Nottingham just by being a successful football club. So to, to hamper that is ridiculous. I saw someone say yesterday, like if this was in America for the NFL, the council would give them tax breaks. They'd be so lenient and give them the lands of their own free accord because they know that what they make back is going to be more than what they can, you know, give out. For, for example, so because of how much it brings in for the club, like, but. There is a there are a few things I've seen which I find very bizarre. Like this notion that we need, I I actually think if we can build a ground at forty thousand, I think that'd be fine. I think that'd be more than enough for Forest. I mean, you know, you look at our average attendance in the Championship, for example. It wasn't you know, only when we were good was it pushing like twenty eight, twenty nine thousands. Like before that, we were getting twenty four, twenty five. You know, I remember under the Fawaz era where people were boycotting games. It was average seventeen k. Like you know, so yes, there's a demand now because we're a Premier League club, but we don't need like a Super Bowl that's going to have like empty seats if we get relegated again, for example. Mm. Um, also, the notion that you can't have a, a smaller stadium and be successful is nonsense. I mean, look at Aston Villa, for example, this season. They've got a 40,000 capacity stadium at Villa Park. They're likely to get top four this season. They're likely to yeah. win a, a, a conference league this season. And yeah, you can say because they spent money well and whatever else, but you know, it's, it's not the having a big ground isn't the be all and end all. Arsenal still haven't won the league title since they moved to the Emirates. That was nearly 20 years ago. Spurs yeah. haven't won a new trophy since they moved to the new grounds. You can say West Ham have, yeah, but I mean, equally, you can put any team in the Conference League in the Premier League and I fancy them to win it. So, <laughs> no, so it's, you know, it's it's very like, no, it's like, even like Leicester, 33,000 capacity, say they won the FA Cup. You can say the, the Premier like, League. Yeah, but even for people who say like people are, oh, you know, it's a, it's a fluke season winning the Premier League, blah 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 blah. They've still won an FA Cup, like from they've still been successful from having a small ground. Southampton got to Europe and got to League Cup final from having a thirty thousand capacity stadium. Like you don't, this notion that you need to have like an eighty, ninety thousand seater, it's just nonsense. It's just completely nonsense. So, but yeah, it's, that's my sort of two cents in it. And but you know, ultimately. The council getting in the way of Forest isn't good. It's prohibitive. I think that you know the Tory MPs are using it as a sort of like it's giving them an open goal basically. After all the kicking they've had, and rightfully so, they've they're just now courting favour, saying, "Oh, with that, it is a PR piece basically, Reese." But um, to you know just to move things along. But equally, there is an open threat there that Forest, for the first time in history, could consider moving grounds because, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I wouldn't be surprised like if it got to a point where. If we're still here two years down the line and we haven't moved it along, there's no, you no know, Maranakis wants this done by 2027. Apparently, if we get to that point, we haven't done it. It'll go right, and you stadium them. And just to finally, them. just to finally um, end on it as well. I know they said like um, for some games it was 50k kind of demand for tickets. The little yeah, issue for like... me, the little little issue in that for me would be that how many of them are actually genuine Forest fans, or is it just people who from Nottingham who support? 
your Liverpools, your Man United, etc. You think I'll get a season ticket at Forest because I can go and watch Liverpool once a season or Man United once a season, etc. Mm. I think like if we was a Premier League club, I'd probably say between 40 and 45. Um, and just to finally end on this, um, I'm not going to name the business, but my dad's friends with someone who runs a business pretty, you know, um, local to the city ground. And he, he said to my dad that his takings on a match day because Forrest was in the Premier League, was up by 10 grand. So mm. that just shows you the the benefits it has on us two local businesses in that area. Yeah. It's, I mean, you've yeah, kind of stolen stolen the words out of my mouth, Reese, because I thought 40,000, 45, you, you're going to get the genuine supporters in. I mean, you look at, I've, I've been to Old Trafford in the Man United end and, you, and there's no atmosphere because half of them... Yeah. Well, I mean, when I went to Anfield this season, the, 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 the side, the stand to the right here, the newsstand, this corner, there was just Taurus because you yeah. they didn't even like look at the away fans when they scored or anything. And, <laughs> and to be honest, you know, I know people have said this on social media. There's example yesterday, there's Liverpool fans in our end. I saw a lad who I know from Ilkeston, who's a Man U fan in our end the other night, for example. So, People are getting in because, unfortunately, as well, people are sold money talks and BS walks, unfortunately. And people are obviously clear. It's disappointing to see genuine Forest fans selling their tickets to people who um, are Man U and Liverpool fans. Yeah. Anything sad, Christian? Is that it? Yeah, but mate, I, I think that, you know, um, I've, I know the council have had some issues. They basically bankrupt at the minute. But it's I just, I don't see how they can be so stubborn to realise that a successful Nottingham Forest is very much in their interests. They're just trying to hold think... us to ransom, aren't they? Because yeah, they but they're not going to do that. Are they like, mm. this, this yeah, is the thing. Let's say Forest turn around then and go, right, okay, screw you all, we'll build a new stadium, we'll mm. find a plot of land. And it's not even in Nottinghamshire, for example. Mm. Then what? Well, the, the like... report, it's like the report said that Forest were willing to obviously relocate the boat club. They was also willing to pay for like all the transport links, which obviously helps the cats out because they ain't got to spend any money on it. Exactly. So they're clearly like, trying to hold Forest yeah. to, ranthers, to mm. ransom and fair play to the chairman and the Maranakis and et cetera. They've probably told them where to go, really. That's why well, that's the impasse. Yeah, yeah, that's why they've released this piece. So there is some public outcry, which there has been, to basically kick them up the backside and, and stop being trying to rip off a, an asset to the community. It's just yeah. stupid. It's just so, so I, it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Like, you've yeah, got like, it's the classic don't buy the hand that feeds you, isn't it? Like, I mean, I'm not saying Forrest is the be all and end all for the council's economy, but it plays a big part in what general, what money comes into the, like, the coffers. Like, it's just yeah. so, seems so stupid to just and like it, antagonize them. And it seems like other councils for other cities around the country are bending over backwards, sell their exactly. clubs. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, whereas yeah, ours is like, oh, let, let's get not, yeah, let's get let's to pay for some cycle routes mm. and pay for some bus stuff. Yeah. And like, it's like, give over. Like, yeah, just like, well, oh. yeah, get that boot out the Australian Simpsons episode and kick them yeah. on the backside with it. Get rid <laughs> of yeah. gear. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Um... I, I I generally think it's a scare tactic and, and I hopefully things will get resolved because I couldn't imagine us moving into actual Nottinghamshire into actual Nottinghamshire so we can actually sing City Ground without any irony. Um, <laughs> um, we'll move on to the Brighton game, which is absolutely a... I mean, say it's a huge... I think they're all huge games now, 11 games to go. We need as many points as possible because the, the points inductions... Uh, 
is is incoming, whether we like that or not, whether we know it's between one and six is is a is a whole thing because of obviously we I mean we've not we've we've not touched on Everton getting points back. Um whether that's a good thing. I think it is largely a good thing um that they got points back for us, but we'll we'll see. Um Brighton obviously I think you mentioned Christian or Reese, I can't remember which one that they play Rome in between it was you Reese, wasn't it? Right, they play Roma yeah. midweek and then they play us on the Sunday, Roma again. Uh, the Thursday after. Christian, I'll start with yourself. Thoughts on the Brighton game? Um obviously does the I think the Rome game will play into their into their thinking. Um how do you see it going and can I get a points prediction off your tool? Points prediction or <laughs> points prediction. Yeah, how yeah. many points are we getting? Um I mean hey. sorry, score prediction. Um, I think that I feel I actually feel quite sorry for the Zerbi to be honest this season because they've been um Obviously, they've lost McAllister, they lost Caicedo, they didn't really replace either. But they, they tried for that guy from um, Germany, didn't they? The Hood, but I think he's just gone back. Um, I think it's the Hood anyway. But, they had um, him last season, didn't they? And then... No, it might be someone else who signed this season. Who had him on loan? They signed Malib. They signed the Hood. Yeah, they signed that youngster, didn't they? Maybe, yeah. So either way, they've not replaced either very successfully, if at all. Matoma's out for the season now. Evan Ferguson's been sort of on off injured all season. I think that as good as the Zerbi's job is doing, I think that even his hands are tied to a certain degree. Um, and yeah, it's, it sort of gets to the point now where for Brighton, you sort of feel like, is how sustainable is it selling off your best assets every single season? I think that we do have a good chance of getting something there. I think the way we set up the play will actually benefit us. I think that they'll obviously try to be fun for football. They'll try and attack us and I think that can help. Um, especially if we can keep defensively solid and sounds. Um, they're obviously going to have a big eye on Europe because I think I haven't actually seen the Premier League ta- top half of the table because I don't look at it. <laughs> There's no <laughs> need to look at it is there, uh, at this moment in time. Um, but they are, where are they now? The ninth so they're ninth. So ninth, they're ninth. Yeah. So they're still only three points off seventh, to be fair. Yeah. So and only five off sixth, to be fair. Yeah. So, you know, they're not. They're not that far off. Although Chelsea have, Chelsea have got game in hand on them, but they've got lesser goal difference, so it wouldn't matter too much. Um, I I want to say we'll win. I think we've got a good chance of winning, but I just you know it, it's going to be external factors. I think after what I saw yesterday. So like, I know, did, did Brighton court favour with the media? Are they still media darlings. There is there still like you know a little agenda with them. Um, I think the Brighton will put too much. I think Roma will have to give them a serious test. Roma have got an actual, a very good squad and with very good players, people like the Bala, people like Lukaku, and they will cause, like Spinozola is another one they've got at Roma, they will cause them a lot of issues. They'll make them work really, really hard. I was reading actually apparently that um, Di Rossi, uh, the Roma manager, and the Zerbi are like best friends and their kids are like best friends and stuff. So it's quite an interesting one. Apparently, um, there was a lunch at the start of the season with Guardiola, Di Zerbi. And um, De Rossi, you know, talking tactics and stuff. So it should be quite an interesting encounter. But it's going to be incredibly draining for them for two games. And the fact they're in Italy first massively benefits Forest because obviously they've got to fly back, presumably on the Friday. They won't train that day. Then it's the day before the game. What do they do? They just have a light, whatever. And then it's obviously Forest. So I think that we can prepare better for it. And I think we can exploit them. I'm going to go with a 2-1 win, Forest. Oof. Go on. Reese. Yeah, I agree. Um, with all the stuff about Roma, you know, um, 
I've got a friend who's a massive Roma fan, so I keep up to date with them, and um, they're flying at the minute under De Rossi. So, um, yeah, they won four one against Monza last night, for example. So, I will yeah. say that they largely have played like I yeah, except really the harder. I think the Torino and Inter Milan aside, they've largely had fodder, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's still it's, it builds momentum, doesn't it? Confidence, yeah, of course so. it does. Yeah, end of the day, you know that. It's going to, it'll be some atmosphere at the Olympico as well. I know Roma fans proper get behind the team, so it'll be it'll be a real test for them. You know, me and my friend have been talking about it, and he's asked me what I think, and I, I kind of said it's a pick him, really. Um, ask me, ask for the first leg. So, yeah, like like Christian said, there'll be the travelling element. You know, they won't get back till the Friday. Also, if they get, you know, a bad loss would be good for us because they might be very deflated by that. Um, so, but that they're, they're all they're all different factors. We've just got to concentrate on us. You know, we've got a week this week of full training, no game. Gives us the likes of players like Sangare, who was on the bench yesterday to get more fitter because we need them type of players back. With the money we showed out, um, I'm going to sit on the fence and say it will be a draw, and I'm going to go for a one-one draw, um, which would be. A good point, really. Um, I mean, if we could win, that would be fabulous because you know we all know what the game is after. Um, I think I don't want to look ahead to that game, but I think that game will show us where we are in terms of uh, resilience because we're mm. going to be in for a game at Kenilworth Road. You know, whatever people think about Luton, the quality, what they've got in terms of not being the best, they will give us a game, and we have got to be ready to fight there and that so we'll see so hopefully a positive result at brighton gives us some confidence going into that game because if we was to win if say if we was to get four points out next to and win at luton that would be monumental going mm. into the international break and then you're coming back to the break where you've got palace at home and think yeah we beat these Everything sounds so simple don't it um, <laughs> yeah it does it does and then, yeah but we'll, but we'll see but yeah obviously focus on the next game and you know I, I think we can get a result at Brighton and hope yeah. it we can yeah um, my thoughts is I think uh, again Bright, Brighton are missing a few key players as you mentioned Matoma I think Jao Pedro is a huge, huge yeah. miss for, for them especially. Solly March was missing yesterday, yesterday. They, got, they got thumped yesterday well, three so, so, Solly March has been missing for a while he's done his ACL mm. didn't he yeah early in the season he did his ACL when he was f- absolutely flying to be fair mm. to him um, so yeah um it's a opportunity for us to to get at Brighton, especially if they get a bad result in, in against Roma. Even if they lost like one 0 where they think, well, actually, we can turn it around at the Amex. So they may they may like take us a little bit lightly. I don't think that's the case. It, it deserves a serial winner, in, in my opinion. I think he he wants to go for every game. They they were very very off the boil yesterday watching the highlights. It's so many chances against Fulham. They just couldn't. Like Evan Ferguson couldn't hit a barn door, uh, which is unusual for for someone of his caliber to say how young he is. For, I think I think this is a good opportunity for us. I, I'll be very interested to see how we line up, whether Tyro gets the nod back to start or Origi it is. I, I, I don't like the notion of Origi playing out wide. I wouldn't mind if he's playing out wide and I wouldn't he's through the middle there. Bit of a different combination. And I'll be interested to see the redemption arc start of Ibrahim Sangare. I'm hoping that that, that comes, comes through soon. Um, I I just want some people to eat humble pie if he starts to play well, to be honest. But it's going to be a really interesting game. I'm going to 
I'm, I think I'm going to lean towards a draw as well with you, Reese, and I think I'm going to go for a Desmond two-two. Uh, I, th- I think just to round off as well. I mean, you've set yourself up, Adam, for Sangai when he drops a stinker. But I think the, I the, the best the best comparison would be is to last season where we got Brighton after they'd gone out of the FA Cup on penalties. I think it was. Yeah, it's the Man United. They looked very deflated and leggy that game and we managed to beat them. So we played them at an ideal time. We, we think this is at an ideal time. So let's see if we can mirror from what we did last season. I mean, I, felt, I, thought, I, thought, I, I thought the game earlier in the season at the City Ground was an ideal time. They had about a million yeah, players yeah. injured. Jack Hinshaw would play in bloody left yeah. back. Like, against <laughs> against we, 10 we, men again. And we well, let's, let's, let's hope we beat them and um, Forest admin team on Twitter can put up like a, a day that we'll never forget, like they did after beating us, which I thought was very strange. Seeing he was, you know, we're near the bottom of the league and they want to be in Europe or are in Europe. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see come Sunday afternoon. Definitely. Um, so, thank you very much for joining us. We've had about a peak of about 60 ish people. So, thank you very much for joining us on a Sunday morning. I know it's a, it's a difficult one to get up in the morning after a bitter taste in your mouth after that last yesterday and and obviously all the other podcasts that are going out and, and everything else so we appreciate your support uh, we'll see you in midweek for a brighton preview hopefully whether that's with a brighton fan or with with forest fans um joining us and we'll catch you in the next one come on you reds this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.